the need, if you feel the urge, we pray that you would give into this ministry on this morning. And we're not asking for you to, to give something that, that we're not willing to give ourselves. Amen? So on this morning, the offering that we're going to raise is going to be raised for the Guatemala trip. All the offering. Our tithe goes to the church, but our offering is going to go to the Guatemala trip. If you will, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you now and we praise you, God. God, we lift you up and we magnify you, God, and we just give you glory. Now, God, we thank you for this offering that we're about to receive, God, and we pray now, God, that it will be used for building your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Worship the Lord as you give this morning. Isn't God good to us? Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask two lovely ladies to join me on the stage right now, if they will. Sister Brenda, come on now. You act like I got you singing a solo. I do. No, I'm only teasing. Uh, and Sister Mega, as you know, Mega has been leading our nurseries for now a number of years. How many to be exact? Four and a half. Four and a half. Can we give her a hand? That's, a, that's quite an undertaking. Because while you're in here and you're enjoying all this music and you can just worship and praise God, these ladies have been back there making sure our babies are taken care of and grandbabies. That's a big deal to me. Because one of the things, I mean, obviously, man, them grandbabies, that's just, there's a reason there's grand in front of their name. You know that, right? Come on, Troy, you just had one. So uh, he knows. Matter of fact, he had to duck down when he come through the door at practice Thursday night because his head was a little high. I checked him this morning to see if he'd come back down to earth a little bit because I know what it's like to have that first grandson or granddaughter. They change your life immeasurably and forevermore. So at this time, though, Mega has a little bit change of uh, uh, ministry. She's going into other roles. And Sister Brenda, who has been a wonderful apprentice, now we've had to teach her some computer skills. She struggled a little bit, so we had to get some of the nursery to help her out. No, I mean, it wasn't nursery age, but you know how it is. A 10-year-old can run technology now, but they'll run rings around me. But nonetheless, Mega has served well, and we have really appreciated and still do and enjoy. So I don't know how you're going to hold all this stuff, but uh, let me just, at least for the photo op, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll present it like this. Amen. Can we just give her a big hand right now for the work that she has done? And I'm not sure how we're going to hold all of that, but God bless you so much, and thank you for your service. And at this time, Sister Brenda, she is taking over the uh, Harbor Nurseries and doing a wonderful job there. She's got a heart for it. And if you don't believe that, she shows up here almost every day off and stays up here most of the day working on stuff back there. She's not on paid staff. She just, she just loves the kids and loves the ministry. So I'm excited. Can we just stand together right now? Give her a hand, would you? <clears throat> I want you, if you would, to just stretch your hands this way, and we want to pray that God would direct Mega in the ministries that she's doing and, and what God would have in her life. And I want us to also pray for Brenda as she begins to lead uh, this department. As you well know, we just hired uh, Emory as well to run the Harbor Kids completely, and we've had them so stretched out going to this conference and that conference and getting it all right. But hey, we're going to get it right for the kids on that side. Are y'all with me? Amen. 
Not that we had it wrong. I mean, we just want to do better every day. So stretch your hands. Let's pray for these ladies. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Mega and for Brenda. I believe, Lord, your word says the steps of a good person are ordered, or a right-doing person, righteous person, are ordered of the Lord. Order Mega's steps, I pray, O oh God, for what is next. Lord, order Brenda's steps, God, for this that is next in her life. Lord, we just praise you for what they're going to do. We thank you for their ministries. And we ask, God, that you would minister through them in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the church said, Amen. God bless you, ladies. Thank you so much. Well, uh, last week I shared my Africa trip with you. If you were not able to be with us, uh, uh, I understand they did put it up online. Uh, so feel free to check that out. I don't have time to rehash it. Matter of fact, I didn't have time to go through all of the, the uh, slides and all of the, uh, the, the videos. And in fact, at the 10 o'clock last week, uh, the slideshow was very much curtailed. It was a technical issue that we had in getting the transfer. So the second service got to see all 212 slides, and y'all got to see about 30. <laughs> so my apologies for that. But online, I believe they have the whole thing. So if you want to go check that out uh, It'll be a blessing to you. And we shared some of that with, uh, at HLA, that's Harbor Leadership Academy, uh, the other night. And so, anyway, uh, also, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Man, where's this year going? I mean, just gone. Just that, that quick. Just has a way of getting by, don't it? So let me encourage you to have mom uh, with you here if mom don't have a home church. If mom's got a home church and it's right here or somewhere you can get to and she's asked you to go be with her, then you have my blessing do that. I'm not jealous about another church or where you might go or whatever. We hope to see you here, but we're not begging to take somebody from an already established relationship in a church. We're about finding lost people. Amen? So honor your mom. Now, we're going to do a good job around here on Mother's Day. We've got some things ordered. We've already got them here. I've based my message around that, that we're going to give all of our moms. And so we want to urge you to be here if you can. And uh, we're going to celebrate our moms, and we're going to have a great time in the Lord. Because, man, we'd be in trouble without mom, wouldn't we? Amen. We certainly would. Uh, I was skydiving yesterday, and uh, there was two 18-year-olds that showed up. And uh, I was in Jacksonville off of Normandy, and his uh, 18-year-old brother sister come up. And mom, of course, is nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. And, you know, she... I can't believe this, but uh, I'm paying for it for graduation and whatever, so we got them all hooked up, and my buddy jumped with a girl, and I jumped with the guy's name was Carson, and we went up, and we done our thing, and we landed. I'm taking the harness off, and, uh, you know, they're all talking, and the mom said, man, I've been sitting here praying the whole time. I said, well, I didn't know you was a prayer warrior. I'm a pastor. I bet you didn't know that either, because, you know, skydiving and pastors don't really go together a whole lot, but... Uh, she said, oh, my God, if I'd have known you as a pastor, I could have been relieved a whole lot longer. <laughs> you know, I could have, I wouldn't have been near as worried about this thing. I don't guess I didn't look like it. The guy said, well, when he was talking to me, he talked like a pastor. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, so moms, that's what I was getting at. Moms, man, they're praying, they're worried. Sometimes they don't, they'll go along, but they're still right there praying. So let me just say this. We started out a few weeks ago, and Josh opened this series with Heart for the Home. And he took you into the living room, and of course he took you back to days when they called it the death room. How many of you remember when they used to bring the body home to the house? When my grandmother passed away in 1975, they brought her home to the house, 
and, and, you know, right there, and we called them the front room back then. But nonetheless, uh, and there, there she lay, uh, you know, that evening and the next morning until the funeral, and that's kind of the way they used to do things. And, um, but, but so he talked about the living room or in, in some of those days the death room. Um, and then I come in and briefly talked after that about the kitchen. Now, we might run back through the kitchen next week a little bit because Mama spends a lot of time in the kitchen. Are y'all with me? Or she used to. Uh, oh, I'm only. I don't want to meddle right now. I, I'm just going. But, but today, I want to go a little bit different route. And, and I told y'all on Wednesday night, and there wasn't a whole lot of here on Wednesday night, but on Wednesday night, I said, we're going to slide through the hallway and ease into the bathroom, and it could get a little messy. And I've been known because they play off of my last name and say, he is insane. <laughs> and you might say that when you leave here today. I don't know. But, you know, we've talked about last week the difference, or two weeks ago, the difference between a house and a home. And I showed you how a house could be built with money, with brick, mud, and mortar, with, with sticks. I mean, a house can be built, but that is not a home. If you've got enough money, you can build a shelter. You can build a house. You can build sort of a kind of a refuge to get out of the weather and out of a storm. But I shared with you, in order to build a home, you had to have love in that home. You, in other words, I felt like th there had to be that element of love. And you say, well, I know some people got a home, and uh, they're not even Christian people. Well, let me just say this. God is love. That's what the Bible says. God is love. And, you know, if, if we love one another, where did that come from? Whether or not you've yet accepted him as Savior, just the idea that you can love somebody. Love comes from God, period. Whether we have yet accepted him or not. But houses come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and budgets. You know, there's a big revolution going on right now called Tiny House or Tiny House Living or something like that. And, man, you can live in a little box. I'm talking about a Velveeta cheese box. And you can live in that, and, and that's okay, and you can live in that for, it used to be just about $10,000, but now they, they're creeping them things right on up too, unless you build it yourself. So on the other hand, a home does not have to be really extravagant. It could be the Velveeta cheese box. It could be a very humble or even undesirable abode, but yet the people who live in there, mom and dad and the children, there is love and there, there is favor and there is kindness and there is happiness and consideration and I would say to you we have in that setting a home not just a house so um, last week or two weeks ago we talked about the kitchens we kind of ran through there real well about 30 40 minutes we learned that the kitchen was for servers and you know uh, when you go to a restaurant and you order your steak they will let the kitchen know how you want it they will let the cook know because the cook resides in the kitchen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And then we talked a little bit about the appliances and the blender and how it blends all things together and how God takes all things together and works them good, together for the good of those who love him and all that. And we talked about the garbage disposal. And I don't have time for that, but we talked about the stove and how it cooks things and they begin to rise up and all of that. But we learned also that the enemy of our soul wants to destroy the home. Now, in the story of the three little pigs, the big bad wolf came and he said, I will huff and I will puff and I will blow your house down. 
And so, you know, that's what he did to the first one, and that's what he did to the second one. When he came to the third one, he huffed and he puffed, and he couldn't blow that house down because it was made, you know, of brick. It was made strong. And what I was telling you, uh, you know, that if we build our house, because the Bible said unless God watched the city, the watchman rise in vain. Except God build the house. The laborers build in vain. So I'm saying, why don't we do what Jesus said? Don't build it upon the sand that is sinking, but build it upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And if we build our house or our home upon the rock, that is Jesus Christ, the big bad wolf, you know, better known as Satan himself, the old slew foot, Lucifer, the devil, he can come and huff and puff and he can talk and all kind of things and he can blow upon your house. He can rain all kind of things upon it and say all kind of horrible things. But if you are built upon the rock that is Jesus Christ, your house is going to stand. Now, I speak metaphorically. I'm not just talking about your structure, your home, that Irma did not blow down the hurricane. But I'm talking about my house, like when Joshua said that I've made my mind up. He said, I ask you, are you going to serve the gods of the Amalekites on the other side of the river, or are you going to serve Yahweh, God Jehovah? He said, I've made my mind up for me and my house. Now, he wasn't talking about a brick and mud home. He said, but for me and my house, my household. So in other words, if I was raising my children still, for Mike and Kelly, Adam and Carly, AJ and Andrew, for us, we are going to serve the Lord. And it's the place of the head of the house to say that. Now, Mom, I'm not leaving you out. You might have a deadbeat dad that walked out on you, and I'm sorry for that, but then you become that head of that house until you remarry. You with me? Say amen. And so you might have to be the one that puts the foot down and say, for this house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, all right, that's kind of, you know, a little bit of history of where we're at. So let me read a little passage of scripture before we head off to the bathroom. Y'all ready? Man, somebody watching this on TV is going to say, what in the world are they headed to the bathroom? Listen, we're going in our mind. We're not actually going to go back there yet, okay? I just want y'all to know that if you're watching on YouTube. The Bible says, James talking, 4 and 7, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Watch this. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Can I just hold on for just a 30-second break right there? He said, resist the devil. In other words, put up something against him. How many of you sleep with your door wide open at night? Now, there was a time that you could do that. I, I still have a problem not taking the keys out of my car sometime or my Jeep or whatever. I just kill it. Say, Where in the world is the key? Well, they're still in it. Because on the farm, we didn't take the keys out of nothing. Every tractor, every truck, everything there that had a key was in the ignition. And that's just how it was. But now when, you know, we grew up in this country, and then when we come to the city, it ain't quite like that, man, because they will hawk your ride. You'd be gone. But, but uh, he says, so you, you don't sleep with your door. Nowadays, you know, you turn the thumb latch, you lock the chain, you put the bar up. You, you do all the things that you do now to keep yourself safe or at least where you think you're safe. So because we want to put some resistance, at least enough, that the noise wakes us up if somebody's trying to come in. It might not stop them, but it'll give me time to get the gun ready. Y'all ready? I am a Second Amendment man, so if I offend y'all, there's a lot of great churches in Camden County. But uh, 
We, we do love you, and we do love our guns. But anyway, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Put something up. Put something up against him. Don't let him just walk right into your house. My goodness. Put something up to resist him. And then he says this, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. There are people wanting God's touch on their life, and they're wanting God's blessing, but they're so wayward and so far from God, they never even think to pray. They never come to the house of God. Well, here's what James said. If you want God, start walking toward him. And as you move toward him, he'll move toward you. Wow. So here's what I really wanted to get to. I just couldn't overlook those two. And I told you 30 seconds. Forgive me. It was about three minutes there. But he says now the next verse, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now he wasn't talking about, you know, wash your hands so, so to eat or whatever. You know, Peter and Paul got in a discussion about eating with unwashed hands and all that stuff. And Jesus said, listen, that ain't what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. So, but what he's speaking here, he says, listen, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's speaking again metaphorically. I share this because he's talking about washing our hands and our hearts, but not physically. Not like I had soap and water here and actually doing this. He's talking about washing our hands and our hearts through prayer and supplication and letting God. He's using a physical thing that we do. We do wash our hands. We do wash the vicinity of our heart. I don't think anybody's reached in and actually got it, but you understand what I'm saying. So, but Jesus found a way to speak figuratively, metaphorically, and to drive a point home. He could just do it, man. So today I want us to walk through this house, through the hallway, you know, we, you know into the bathroom. Now I want you to understand something. The bathrooms are a pretty important place. Wouldn't you agree? It's a place where we prepare ourselves for the day and for the night. Are y'all with me? I'm one of them guys, you know, I'll get a shower in the night and in the morning. I just can't, I can't put it between the sheets until I have got the shower. I just feel grubby. I can't do it. I'm not knocking you. If you're just a morning shower person, more power to you. I just can't do it. Kelly said, just go to bed. I go to bed, put the cover up. I got to get up and get a shower. <laughs> so it's a place we go early in the morning, we go late in the evening, and sometimes we run to in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Maybe, perhaps y'all have ate at wasabi. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> If you have any irregularities, just stop by there, and they'll hook you right up. <laughs> it's a place where sometimes you go in a real hurry, and you are praying, I hope I make it. <laughs> I hope I make it. So the bathroom is a place of privacy, and I promise I'm going to make some sense out of this, so I promise we're going to tie it up. It's a place of privacy and a place where you go to be alone, and of course, unless you're a mom. Now, if you're a mom of one or more kids, then see, to me, the bathroom is a place of privacy, man. I shut the door, lock the door, bolt the door. I, you know, I'm not into this public array, you know, all this stuff, but mom, I mean, we, Kelly's raising the kids, me and Kelly. She goes to the restroom, and there's three of them standing around her. 
Mamas, come on, it's Mother's Day coming up. That's what I call multitasking. Huh? My Lord. So uh, anyway, <laughs> so that, that's just how it is. Now, let me do a contrast, if I may, between this bathroom of our houses and then our spiritual life. Uh, you know, um, it is here that there's, there's three items I want to talk about. And I really need to walk, you know, a chalk line right now. I want to talk about the toilet. Uh, I want to talk about the sink. And I want to talk about the shower. And I got one more I want to talk about. I'll save that as a bonus. We'll just. So when we come in there, and, and if you come in a real big hurry, you probably ain't coming for the mirror. <laughs> Uh, you, you might be coming for the toilet now. If you don't get there in time, you might be coming for the shower. I'm just saying. But it is at that toilet that some people have named the throne. Now, it's not God's throne. You understand that. But I'm just saying they say that. But it is a place where you eliminate waste from your body. Now, this is just a bodily function that God created us with, and everybody's got it. So I know some of y'all are flipping out right now. I can't believe it'd be a good time to tweet if you want to tweet. <laughs> some of us in the house of God need to just take a good spiritual X-lax and hit the toilet. Right. <laughs> wow. To eliminate some of the spiritual junk, let me say not, not necessarily spiritual, but some of the religious junk that has filled our lives. To get rid of some of the things that you no longer need to flush the toxins of religiosity from your body. They would call that a spiritual bowel movement. Can't believe my preacher's doing this. Ain't none of y'all going to share this one. I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's the, the proper place where we eliminate from our body that that we do not need. And uh, so then there's another thing there. It's called the sink. And I know y'all can breathe a little bit easier. Just tap your neighbor so you can look up now. It is at the sink where we go. You know, usually first thing in the morning, because after you got married, you realize when you turned over to kiss your wife, you say, oh, my goodness. Whoo! I didn't know she had this, uh, you know, anchovy breath in the morning. And so we get up and we head to the sink, get the water going, get the toothpaste going. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. Kelly's got some now that, I don't know, some of this oily stuff called thieves. All I know is it'll steal the bad breath right out of your mouth. <laughs> so you get there and you begin to brush your teeth. Amen. And if you don't practice that, let me encourage you to practice that. You'll gain you some more friends. It is at the sink we go to get the sweaters off of our teeth. Hello? And, and, you know, even when we get through with that, Tara's going to be happy with me right now. We spool off some floss, and, you know, we, we floss as though we can get what the brush can't get. Let me take that spiritually, if I may. When we get a hold of God in prayer, when the Holy Spirit comes, he can get some things out that you and I can't get out on our own. So that's where we go. We head to the sink, and uh, Lord, have mercy.
And you know, it's at that same sink that uh, we grab the razor, brothers, and we do a little shaving and a little cleaning up, and then we look over to the cabinet there, and we grab some deodorant. And if you ain't doing this, let me encourage you. You can gain you some more friends as well. I've been around some people who like to knock me down, son, when they raise their, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, but you're killing me. <laughs> some of you got to go both ways. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Whatever it is, man. We... But at the sink, you know why we're there? Now, I don't know why I do it. It seems as an exercise in futility, but I grab the hair gel and I, you know, mix it up and, you know, I at least run where it used to be. <laughs> it sort of makes me feel good anyway that uh, there's a sprig or two. Uh, so what I'm saying is the sink, uh, you know, it's a place where we're dealing with things. It's kind of kin to the shower. You know what happens, man? Have you ever got outside and you got so dirty that your wife told you you had to take your clothes off out in the yard. And you said, what in the world was you doing? Yeah, well, I've been there before. Maybe some of you was out riding, you know, your four-wheeler, some toys or whatever it is you play, and your wife said, you ain't coming in here like that. And you're talking about, could I use the back door? Because <laughs> you're down to your boxers right out in the neighborhood, you know, and they'll call the law about that. <laughs> So, so you take your boots off and your shoes, whatever, and you sort of get out of things. And matter of fact, I've been where Kelly said, you, you're not even going to walk through here. you got to get the hose pipe in the backyard and just sort of. You see, what happens is, is while I'm doing my thing on the four-wheeler, the golf cart, wherever, and I've got all of this splashed up on me and this mud's all over me, you know what she wants me to do? Take them clothes and rinse them clothes out there. You ain't messing up my washing machine with all that. And then you got some women that'll put collard greens in the washing machine to wash them. Y'all ain't never heard of that? Anyway, I'm... So, but we made ourselves to the shower now. And, you know, in the shower, that is where we take care. Uh, I mean, we, we, we have to bathe, man. We have to shower. Now, if you ain't doing that, you're in real trouble. Man, because it's getting hot now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So... Let me say this. You know, there was a time, I remember my mother tells me the other day, she was raised in Hazelhurst, Georgia, on a farm. When my dad and my mom got married, they still did not have an indoor bathroom in their house. Now, let me help you out. Daddy was born in 38, mama in 39. They got married in the early 60s. I was born in 66. So, but, but they did not have running water in the house, no bathroom in the house. You had to go out by the barn to the outhouse. Now, I, you know, I got people that wrote uh, in a message this past week about the modern church. And man, we got all these lights and we the light church. And praise God, he's a God of lights. But let me just say this. I bet you don't want to trade that toilet in there. I bet you don't want to trade that water fountain in there. I bet you don't want to trade that cell phone and the iPad you got to go back to 1825 or wherever it is you want to go. Are you with me? Say amen. We will take the upgrades that we like and point fingers at the things we don't understand. That was free. It wasn't even in the message. I just want you to know. But we're talking about the shower. So that's, man, we got to get on with it. Now let me ask you this. Some people say, now, Pastor, why do we have to pray all the time? We pray and we pray or we go to church and sometimes it don't seem like nothing else happens. Let me ask you this. Why do you take a shower? You took one last week. You took one the week before. There's just something about being alive. 
You get sweaty and stinky, and you need to go through the shower. It's just something about life. It's something about living that is no special reason. If the sun come up today, I just got to get a shower. And you just need to pray. You need to get a hold of God. You need to go to church. Uh, you know, why did I shave? Because I, I just needed to shave. So, so, so there's nothing wrong with doing what you need to do to present yourself to everybody as someone who's in the know about hygiene and in the know about that room in the house called the bathroom. You see, the washing, the bathing, the deodorant, the makeup, ladies, we're going to get there. The, the, the washing our hair and the conditioning, the ironing of our clothes and, you know, the cologne and the brushing and the flossing to get the filth from us and all of these things. Why do we keep, we done it yesterday, but we got to do it again today. Huh? I mean, there's things that we have to do because we're alive. You know, I had an opportunity yesterday, I visited some dear friends of mine, Wayne and Dolores Horn. She went to be with the Lord in June, June 22nd of 09. He went to be with the Lord in 14. And uh, I went to Colesburg there, just walked around their grave, uh, thought about some times and, you know, when we worked on cars and all this stuff together and just had some fun. But, you know, they don't, there's no activity. They're not there. They're in heaven. But, you know, at that point, you're not brushing your teeth no more. You're not running through the shower no more. Are you with me? But you're alive. And somebody ought to say, thank God I'm alive. And so you get to do these things physically, and you ought to do these things spiritually, to keep yourself clean spiritually, to keep yourself tuned up and in good spiritual hygiene. Well, I want to get to this place called the mirror. You know, we look at the toilet, we look at the shower and the sink. There's a place called the mirror. It is in the mirror where we go. Let me just read what James said. Do not merely listen to the word, what I'm preaching right now, and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says uh, is like someone who sees his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. But whoever intently looks into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in that, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. In other words, he said, when you go look in the mirror, you got up this morning, you walked to the mirror, and you looked at your teeth, and you said, boy, they sure got a lot of butter on them. You looked at your toothbrush and walked right on out and went to work. And all of your workmates said, my God. Are you with me? Maybe you went there and your hair was a genuine wreck and you just sort of said, well, it is what it is. Come on, ladies, you ain't going to pull that stunt. Huh? No, because you look at it and you say, is that me? Oh, my goodness. You jump in that shower and you say, maybe I can do something with it after I get it wet. I don't know. So you come back out there. I can fix this. I can fix that. Are y'all with me? And you ladies, y'all go get a tackle box or whatever it is y'all put that makeup in. <laughs> And break out brushes and, you know, this and that. And, man, Kelly got oil going all down her legs. And, I mean, she's greased up from head to toe. You know, something for age spots, something for dry elbows and dry knees and all that. 
And I mean, she weighs two more pounds by the time she get all that on. Y'all with me? Why? Because the mirror said, man, my skin ain't looking right. I got to get this. Found, I don't know if it's foundation or what, ladies, because I don't put it on. But anyway, whatever it is they're doing, they got to get all that right. I got to get this right. I got to get that right. And you do that because you want to present yourself the best way you can, and I applaud you for it. <laughs> However, he's not speaking of the box, that mirror that we look at. He's speaking metaphorically. He said, if we look in there and we know there's spiritual flaws all over us. What are we going to do about these spiritual age spots? What are we going to do about this problem with my hair, spiritually speaking? What are we going to do about this stink, spiritually? What are we going to do about this? And he said, don't look at yourself and turn around and walk away and do nothing about it. He said, man, when you realize you ain't where you ought to be with God, it's time to do something about it. It's time to to get in the shower, spiritually speaking, and let the Holy Spirit do some work in your life and, and get you over the sink. You know, I, here's the revelation the Lord woke me up with a couple nights ago. He said, in that bathroom flows two kinds of water. Fresh water comes to the toilet and wastewater leaves. Fresh water comes to the sink and wastewater leaves. Fresh water comes to the shower and wastewater leaves so that we get in either place we're going. However it is, we're eliminating from our body. Whatever it is, we take the things that we do not need and we get the soap. I don't know if it's Dial or Dove or whatever you do, but you wash your hands. Hello? You clean yourself. You shower yourself. And that clean water washes that stuff away with the soap. Now, that's, that, that's a metaphor, but what Jesus does is with the precious blood of a spotless lamb. Amen? When we come into him, oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. What is it that can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What's going to fix this blemish? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so we get in there and we say, Oh God, wash me that I might be clean. Purge me that I might be pure. Amen. And I'm telling you, you know what Jesus said to the woman at the well? She, Jesus said, <laughs> Give me something to drink. She said, Sir, you hadn't even got nothing to draw with and the well is deep. He said, I know, but if you knew who it was that was asking you for some water, You'd ask me of some water, and I'd give you eternal water. I'd give you living water. She didn't understand what he's saying. I'm just saying, I, I'm saying don't get into the shower, and, you know, and that, and think about that water. Think about living water. Think about bread of life. Lord, have mercy. Stand with me, if you will, right now. I know this trip to the bathroom was a little bit out of the norm but I've always walked a little bit different anyway so I don't care my job is not to please people it is to please him and to sweep as many people into the kingdom as I can so I, I want to pray for you right now today while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed if you're here and you need to visit that bathroom 
I'm talking about spiritually speaking right now. Maybe it's some hygiene you got to take care of. Maybe it's some elimination spiritually you got to take care of. Whatever it is, you need to get under that precious flow right now and let God take care of some things. While I pray, would you just do that right now and just ask him to take your father in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I ask you right now, Lord, for every man, woman, boy, or girl in this room now, if they need that spiritual cleansing, if they need to come to that sink or that shower, spiritually speaking, they need to eliminate things from their body. I pray in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that you would clean them up. The bathroom is where we in the house go to get clean. That's where mom sends us when we come in the house and we're a filthy mess. She says, get to that bathroom. And Lord, right now, spiritually speaking, you're saying to many, get to that bathroom. Get to that place where I can clean you up. Get to that place where I can wash this away from you. Get to that place where we can eliminate this out of your life. Get to that spiritual bathroom now. So God, if there's one in this place, and there's many, help them to make that admission, Lord, that I need to go there. There's things I need to do. Yes, we need to do the physical things of hygiene, but let us see it through the eyes of the Spirit. And contrast that to the things that we need to do in Jesus' name. So right here, if you've prayed that prayer with me right now, heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, but you're saying, Lord, take me to that place. Would you just lift your hand up right now? Let me see. Just me and you. Come on. In the name of Jesus, thank you for being honest with me and with him. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you would cleanse in Jesus' name. Amen.